See, that is such a cool... I'm going to use some really geeky words here. Cool, groovy, <laughs> funky piece of music that introduces Carlos Alberto Diego every week. Good afternoon to you, sir. How are you there, mate? Uh, I only asked for the disco music. Oh, It was big in the discos uh, many, many years ago. I and, think that's uh, probably pre-disco, to be honest. But I could see it getting a run around out of disco. Absolutely, you know? yeah, yeah. It's, it's, had, it's had a bit of a go over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way, over it's the generations. T- it can be used in any forum. Absolutely. It's that good. But we are, I know you're a bit more rock- no. Australian rock, eh? Yeah, I don't yeah. want to, uh, pu- I've heard you and Rowan rock, yeah. talking about, you know, the, uh, yeah. you know and I, I don't mind that, but the disco is the... Uh, yeah, more your go? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Disco Inferno, any time for us. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> is there anything cool or groovy about <laughs> the Socceroos' latest yeah. um, uniform incarnation? To our listeners out there... I knew Andy was outraged when during the show I received a tweet <laughs> saying, I'm going to get you to talk about this, and showed me the photo. Uh, it is uh, pretty despicable, isn't it? I mean, oh, I it's, it, it's that, just insipid. It? Like, when you go, and I'm not even a you know, uh, fashion designer of any sort, or you know, and, and we're talking about Nike, who have the best fashion designers in the world. Yep. Like, I guess imagine the FFA sitting down with the Nike uh, designers and saying, okay, let's talk about the brief. Give it your best, yeah, Nike. Yeah, Go yeah, your hardest. Absolutely. Yep. We've got Caltex now as a sponsor. We're going World Cup qualifiers. The whole world will see us. Yep. And they just keep on coming up with these different incarnations <laughs> of yellow. It's not even gold. It is not even oh, gold. I actually don't even know what colour that is. Yeah, no. And if you watch, if you have a photo, the, what, the one, we've seen Mila Yednak, who's clearly not happy wearing it. <laughs> you can just see <laughs> he's at the front of it. And we've got uh, Matty Leckie. And the way he wears it, because he's so muscular, it just looks like a one-piece suit. All in one suit. I don't know what he's looking like, and, Matt Leckie. Uh, the girls look good in anything, yeah, I've got to say. Yeah, so they they're do. fine. But although, the, although... I'm not sure about the gold. Is yeah. that Lisa Devanna wearing the gold one? Oh, I don't have it in front of me. I think me, it is. Yeah, 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 I think it's Lisa Devanna wearing the gold. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, that yeah. doesn't do nothing no, for Lisa. It's nothing just, for her. And also, they don't look excited wearing it either. That's the other problem. Uh, look, you've got to, uh, for me, and, you know, football fans out there remember the 1974 Socceroos, that strip I, I still love. Mm. And oh, when it was I, fantastic. Yeah, when I returned the tweet of that yep. photo to you, there was a lot of likes yep. for that tw- uh, that photo. So for me, and also I don't mind, except for the, the, the shorts are a little bit Harry high pants uh-huh. at the time, but the post-Mad Dogs, yep. of the eight, uh, you know, 85 Mad Dogs, the team between 86 and 88, when they went to the Olympics in 88, uh, they had an Adidas top, which was just almost... Uh, sort of going back to 74-2 with another type of strip. For me, it was muscular. Yeah. It was scary. Uh, I think you've got... I mean, we, we so were, that was the Arnold, Farina, yeah, Yankos. Yeah, yeah, was that yeah, that team? Yeah, 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 yeah. Davidson, these no, sort yeah, of guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, for me... The Mad Dogs could wear anything and scare the living down right. the lights of everyone. That's right. that was Cosmina, <laughs> yeah, right. David Radcliffe, Terry Greedy, these sort of guys. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'd like to think... You know, we'll grow up as a nation when we have a uniform that scares the living daylights out of someone. And I, I look at the teams like, you know, Germany. They can wear white and scare you. Mm. You know, white top, black shorts. They don't, they don't mess with their, with their yep. uniform. Um, you've got, you know, Holland, the orange. Mm. You know, you just know it's strong orange. And really the scariest of all is the Italians. <laughs> With that, with that azuri blue, right. and you just know you don't want to mess with the Italians because it's a war every time you go. And you just, just to face up to those teams with those colours and, that, and the way they wear them. Uh, we, you know, when we get to that point, forget about the fixing the A League. Forget, you know, 
you know, player development. Just get your uniform right that mm. scares the opposition. <laughs> right. You got a chance. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Does it matter? Does it does it matter one <laughs> iota what your team goes out wearing? We're having a chat off air, and you said, "Oh, look, it's pretty hard to come up with something good in green and gold." And you know, but but I actually disagree with that yep. because you know, there's been a lot of teams that have gone to Olympic Games and World Championships and Commonwealth Games and. You know, whatever it might be, where they've been representing Australia. You know, the hockey, t- the hockey teams look great. I mean, they look great. But is that, is that a yellow, when I say green and gold, it, we tend to have a yellow top. Oh no! Look, I don't have the color. When you say we, you mean the Socceroos. The Socceroos. I don't have a color palette. I'm no, sure no, that no. there's a shade there, but that looks yellow to me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hockey guys, their tops don't look yellow. They look they look gold and shiny gold. Emma in the sea. Somebody before called it canary. It's it's not gold. It's canary yellow. Okay. And Emma in the CBD saying it's egg yolk. It's the only way to describe that horrible yeah. shirt. It, it's just there's no definition on it. It's just your plain shirt. There's a little tiny green piping around the non-existent kind of collar, yep. uh, and then you've got the green Nike swish and the Australian coat of arms, and then you've got the green socks. Yep. Uh, it, it, it's such a... It's a gormless... Yep. Uh, um, it's uninspiring. It's got no intimidation factor like you so beautifully yep. put out. No <laughs> intimidation factor about it whatsoever. Uh, it, it, the boomers look great in their, in their basket. Like, yep. It's not impossible to make a uniform look okay, predominantly gold. But it's it looks like they've either thought about a whole lot of things yeah. in the Nike design team there and said, we can't come up with any good, so <laughs> let's just go with a colour. Yeah, well, look, for me, there's kids out there aspiring to play for the Socceroos, but you're putting them off. It's <laughs> fate. You're putting them off, dishing that stuff out, really. So, I so mean, we, we even have Millie Yedinak... You know, in the photo that we're oh, looking at right oh, now, no. who's not even happy about wearing oh, no. it? He looks so yeah. uninspired. <laughs> in fact, they all do. No, yeah. None of them look happy yeah. to be there. It's, Te- not, it's not like we've got uh, you know kids in primary school coming up with these designs. There's a lot of money spent in this project brief between the FFA and Nike. I'm talking about millions of dollars. I agree. And they've come up with that. I agree. Anyway, Ted, we're taking calls on this. Is it important to you at all? G'day, Ted. Hey Andy, how you going? Oh, good, mate. Does it matter? Yeah, Andy, listen, I threw up on the weekend and I swear my vomit was even more attractive than those tops. They are horrendous. Yeah, that's uh, conjuring all sorts of images. We're probably better off without. But I I, I can't speak on behalf of what you experienced on the weekend. But Yeah, there's there's actually, would you believe, a worse version of an Australian football shirt? Uh, Early early 90s, I think it was. It was, was, you know, akin to vomit. Basically, but that just, was when they remember, like even the EPL teams were going. Yeah, they all had those sort of slightly um, parachute type material, yeah. and they're all a bit too puffy and a bit yeah. too big. Yeah, you're talking, and then they went with these sort of swirly sort yeah. of it's you know, uh, vomit like design. Yeah, the yeah. football football fans out there. I mean, Robbie Slater was our best player in those days, playing in France, playing great football. Mm. But even he wearing that top yeah. looked uh, no. a quarter of the player he it's was. It's a very good point. Rob's in Preston, 28 past two. Uh, wh- what do you think about the uniform, Rob? Uh, get rid of the Nike and get to Adidas quickly <laughs> and as soon as possible. Adidas is the best kit and every team looks good in Adidas. Get get to Adidas and oh. then you know, shirts will be brought like you wouldn't believe. Any merit Nike, to that? Nike are just plain. They're drab. It's like an American shirt. It's crap. Well, the 1988 one I'm referring to that when they went to the Olympics has the three stripes, you know, uh, yeah, on the sleeves. Yeah. And uh, it just had, you know, you go for simplicity because it's a national shirt. And that one looked 
good. Like yeah. I said, the shorts are a little bit tight. Uh, 74, we would go back to almost the old English-style shirts where they had the, the V with, the, with Coll- a bit of a, a collar. Yeah, yeah, a bit of a collar. I good. love the collar. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, look, and they tried to – but, you know, give them some credit. In the 2014 World Cup, they went back to that. And they look pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know why they have to change. It's still Nike. They didn't have to, you know, yeah. it's not that they changed oh, manufacturers I or thought anything. the previous world, I thought the uniforms they had at the World Cup were yeah, good. It was I good. liked them. They, yeah, were, they were a Nike design. It was a, it was a throwback to 74. Yeah. It was like a tribute to 74. Yeah, why don't we just stick with that? I don't know. I suppose they have to justify these, you know, come up with something <laughs> different. But you're not, but just quietly, guys, you're not coming up with anything different. <laughs> you're just not. It's the same colour. And, and for me, it's not gold. And maybe if it was gold... I'll be able to sort of, it might be more palatable, but uh, it's just not gold. It's no. like a yellow for me. And it, again, it doesn't inspire anything. John's in Richmond, final caller on this. We'll get a break out of the way afterwards and talk some game related stuff. But it is important to us. John, is it important to you? Oh, yeah. Um, look, I'm from Ireland, and uh, we got a new top note this year for the um, 2016 Euros. Yeah. And um, they have, they've commemorated the 1916 Rising by putting that on the, um, I think it's on the back. Uh, just a little bit. Plus, also they're going to throw back to the 1990 World Cup top with the green and white gold collar. It just looks amazing. Like mm. one of the best tops we've seen in uh, I don't know over 20 years anyway. I think, but yeah, it just looked amazing. And uh, yeah, definitely think I'd actually go out and purchase one. You know, I haven't bought one in ages, but definitely think about getting one of them. Well, see, there you go. Yeah, something you can be proud of. Yeah, look. The pale skin Irish could probably go with the dark, you know, with the dark or the green. We get the Aussies, you know, the pale skin Aussies don't go with the light yellow. No. Because uh, we've got to text through, the Brazilians look good in yellow. And of course they do, because they've got that beautiful, they're perfumed, the, the, the shiny skin, yep. uh, you know, the, the dark skin that just goes so beautifully. We don't have that. No. So uh, no. You know, I'm surprised the players are demanding <laughs> that this has changed. Well, there's a lot of other stuff I want to talk to you about, uh, but this is an important issue. We've covered that off now. It's not a 29 minutes to three. Carlos, in the studio. We have to go back to where we probably left off last week and talk about the two Melbourne teams whose ascent and sort of staggering decline continue apace. We'll do that after this. It's, as I said, 29 minutes to three. The Croatian strip always looks good, uh, says Dave in Cranbourne. We just had a look at the Irish strip for the Euros 2016. We had the caller yeah. before. It looks good. Yeah, it looks good. And, uh, yeah, good. I, I think the dark blue or that type of blue with the green always mm. works beautifully. But, but, but personally, I just like the one colour for national teams. Do you? Yeah, I just want the one colour, not much yeah. else on there. I don't like any sponsor. Uh, not, spo- not that national teams have sponsors, mm-hmm. but I just like, you know... I, I'm one of these throwbacks to the 60s and 70s where I just want a big number on the back, yeah. the long sleeves that go way past your hands, <laughs> and just, you know, not even the, you know, not, mate, if you're going to have a logo, it's just a little logo. Yeah, shorts no, down to your knees, yeah, yeah. socks pulled up. And when it's raining, it gets really big yeah, and saggy. Yeah, yeah. Like That's what it. I like. Yeah. Having said that, I don't mind the little tassels that Leeds United used to have in the oh, 70s. No, Those little tassels on the socks. No, shocking look. Yeah. Shocking look. I don't look. know how they got away with it today. It's it's terrible. <laughs> terrible. Where are they at at the moment, by the way? Just before we get onto the stuff, it leads a, are, they, are they starting to cl- close in on contending again in the championship? Or they, not? they threaten every now and again. I don't have the ladder in front of me, but I know they lost uh, at home 4-1 to Huddersfield on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, That's not a good result. Uh, no, I've, I don't think I've seen a team who was so... You know, they, they were bankrupt, basically, yeah. back when Harry was there and Viduka, and they all left when David O'Leary all those years ago, where they reached the stratosphere of semi-finals yeah. Champions League. They were either one or two in the uh, in the EPL at the time, or in English first first division at the time. And uh, and 
you know, the the financial uh, sort of irresponsibility at the time sent the club on the verge of bankruptcy, and they still haven't recovered. They've got yeah. an Italian owner at the moment who who everyone hates. They want him out of there right now. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I would have thought a team that, you know, basically knew what drove them to that, they could sit down and actually say, okay, we need to now invest for the next 10 or 15 years and they have and, and do it properly. Because yeah. they're a big club. Leeds are a huge club, one of the biggest clubs in England. And they still haven't got it right. It's just interesting how they just haven't been able to get out of that cycle. But it's funny, isn't it? I mean, um, you know, when I was growing up, Nottingham Forest were a, were a giant. Mm. And, and they, they didn't make the transition from the old English structure to the Premier League. And they've sort of wallowed ever since. And you could even argue that Liverpool, you know, who were the they were the preeminent English team before the Premier League came around, and they they haven't quite ever hit their stride in the so whatever it is, whether it's a psychological thing, where the whole it's a whole of club attitude that needs to shift. And some clubs are obviously ahead of the curve and can do it, or and or could do it, and and have prospered. And others just for one reason or another. Big yeah. clubs that you're talking yeah. about just haven't been able to, to make the transition. It's football people who tend to run the policy of the football department. So in in Liverpool's case, you're talking about the 80s. They, you mm. know, they won European, uh, champ- European Cups, five Biggest of them. Biggest club in the world. Yeah, uh, they, they were 10 first division titles ahead of... Man, uh, Manchester United when yeah. Alex Ferguson took over and yeah. he said at that time his aim before he finishes was to catch them and he did mm. right now I think the whole boot room culture of Liverpool that whole thing that we all grew up with and loved from the from the Johnny Toshak days with the Kevin Keegan Zemlin Hughes right through to your Kenny Dalgleish yep. Yep. That, that era where they won everything through the 80s with Craig Johnson that Rush, side yeah. it, yep. they, it was just such a heralded concept this boot room culture culture that everything comes from within you, you join liverpool and everyone wants to join Liverpool because they die to play for liverpool it wasn't the other way around mm. where we had to go and get players you had to die to play they put you in a squad of 30 speak to craig johnson about this stuff he said if you were injured you were petrified of getting injured because you miss one week a player like him wouldn't get back in for six months yeah. because they'd have in they have 20 internationals in the squad and only could pick 11 on, you know, on the team sheet. So yeah. that's the sort of competition, this boot room culture. And I think they just tried to, they might've lost their way early on. And then they tried to catch up by spending money that they didn't have. And they were making bad choices. And the closest they got was Rafa Benitez. when they mm. finished second with mm. uh, Fernando Torres, remember, you well, know, Rodgers was a slip of uh, yeah. Stevie G, a yep. slip away from, Absolutely. You know, who knows? Yeah. You know, but so. it seems more of an accident. Uh, with Liverpool rather than yeah, something that's planned. I agree with that. You know, yeah. two's playing well at the time. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know whether they they're in tune at that time. But really, it's not good enough over since '91. When I think the EPL started in '91, it's not not good enough for a team like Liverpool, who we've seen how big they are around the world. I mean, they got 96,000. A mediocre team just had Stevie Gerrard. I still reckon they were a mediocre team. Got 96,000 at the MCG. Yep. That's how much love, how loved they are around the world, and they still don't seem to have this plan. It's all short termism. Yeah, I agree with, with that. I agree yeah. with that. Uh, before we get domestically, one other question off the SMS for you. Please ask Carlos with Evidence new owner coming on and Martinez needing to go. Money isn't an object anymore. Who do we go after? It's coming from JC and Mentone. Oh, it depends on how much money you've got. I mean, well, it, they, do you know much about the owner, the new ownership? Uh, I, I heard something the other day, uh, and I, look, I, it, I, it skipped my mind what yeah. it is. And I asked Mike McGrath, the guy, you know, the English journalist who does our show, mm. and uh, he said that it wasn't concluded. So I haven't, I haven't okay, heard right, yeah. that it had been concluded yet. Uh, but you know when you say who do they go after well how deep 
yeah. the owners' pockets because mm. they're now competing against the Sheikhs from uh, from mm. the Middle East. Uh, Roman Abramovich, who's been there, you know uh, the you know the you know the the tycoon from mm, Russia. Mm. Uh, it, it's not a matter, you know, Qataris coming in all the time. So it's not a matter of whether you're a billionaire. It's how deep mm. you want to spend. I mean, Aston Villa is owned by uh, Lerner from um, the guy, one of the guys who owns uh, you know some sports teams in America, mm, mm. and they're getting relegated because he wouldn't spend. Mm, and mm. he's a billionaire. Mm. So it's it's not just that you're a billionaire. It's what you want to spend on. Who's available? I mean, big big players. If you're talking about big players, you're talking about the Messi's, Neymar's. They're playing for the biggest club. Mm. They're winning things mm. already. So mm. how are you going to prize those guys away? Mm. Money. So, yeah, it's money. Uh, well, I don't think it's money anymore with these guys either. I mean, surely at some stage we've seen what China mm. can do with yeah. in, the, in the hearts and minds of players. So if you want to and you've got enough, you can get them. Yeah, but you have to be prepared. Yeah, but to go. It, it's not the. I mean, Messi wouldn't go to China for money no, right now. No, but he doesn't but need he, to. But might he go to the English Premier League? Well, he'd only go not for the money. He'd go for Pep Guardiola because they've got okay. a great relationship. Okay. So it's beyond money for the, or the top. If you're talking about the top 20 players in the world, it's beyond they've money. They've got enough anyway. You, yeah. Give me a project. Uh, let me come and work for a bloke I love. Yeah. And when I talk about that, these guys love each other at that level. Pep Guardiola loves his Barcelona players. Uh, they love him. So they would follow for that. But they wouldn't follow for the money. The money's almost incidental. You're going to pay me $30 million a year anyway. That, let's yeah, not talk yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. It, tell me your project. Tell yeah. me whether I, I should, why I should play for this club. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing. Ted's in the city uh, as we change from international to domestic. Uh, good afternoon to you, mate. Uh, hey, boys. How you doing? I've got two questions for you, actually. Uh, first question is, um, with the A-League teams struggling in the um, Asian, Asian uh, competition, um, should we have more money to buy more players? Not necessarily spend more money on the one player, because it looks like we haven't got enough players in the, in the uh, team to compete against those teams. They're all just struggling against, I mean, in the domestic league now. Yeah, the problem is that uh, we're only limited to 30 in the Champions League squad. We're only limited to 23 in the A-League squad. So there's salary cap issues also. So even the A- even the ACL squad are all subject to salary cap. You can't suddenly spend over your salary cap. You've got to deal with the squad you've got. So that's the problem, the structural problem our clubs have got. But people are arguing about the fact that we're disadvantaged because we go into Asia and all. But we're actually, you know, Sydney, I think, are on top of their, uh, their group after three games and, and victory of looking good second at the moment. So uh, I think the whole idea about how much money Asia's got compared to us, it might be a little bit of a myth. It's just the attitude you go in there. We're respecting a lot more now. I remember when Kevin Musket was playing, mm. he hated travelling for the ace. I mean, he, he just, you know, he, he, he was very, very vocal about how much he hated the <laughs> fact that they had ACL commitments travelling in between A-League games. Now he's embracing it. And that's what I love about what Victory's doing and Sydney's doing. They're embracing Asian Cup. Asian Champions League and actually, um, you know, respecting it. Which but is we, we get it now, don't we? Yeah. I mean, we, even we as a as a um, consumer as a consumer base, we now understand. Oh, this is actually a really big yeah. deal. I mean, this and the games are they're they're a different type of game to watch than A League games. There's a different personality of the matches between the way the Asian teams set up and play and the way that we play against them. And I reckon some of the Asian Champions League stuff this year's been as good as 
any of the domestic stuff that we're having. And it's, but I mean, we're we're on the verge yep. of the the best finish ever to an A League season. I yep. mean, this is we're going right down to the wire, and it's compelling on a week in week out basis. But the ACL stuff's been great. And there's uh, it will look you know with the pre with the probably the last game as an exception with the Sue on Blue Wings and Melbourne Victory that was a pretty ordinary oh, yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, but it was, but yeah. the rest of it and what we're doing better in the media is we're actually talking about the big name you know multi millionaire mm. centre forwards that they've picked up from Portugal or whatever and they're coming into Australia. So there's a reason to go and watch and see how good these guys are and actually seeing like someone like a, a Nick Ansell against you know Martinez. Uh, you know, uh, or, or or some of the other big players mm. against some of our young defenders. That's what I love seeing. You know, Scotty Galloway or mm. James or uh, Jason Gary are up against these so-called stars and see how we go against mm. them. So, mm. uh, I I think we're learning a lot more about appreciating. I think our media is now identifying some of their players. We're reading it. We're getting a bit excited about it. And I think with West Sydney Wanderers winning it also, mm. uh, there's other clubs now saying, well, if they, they can win it, why can't we? And so they're respecting it more. I want you to give us your weekly update on the other side of the break of where Victory and City are at. Feel free to join in the conversation, 94291116. Talking football with Carlos Alberto Diego. It's a quarter to three Australian code of footy. Collingwood membership day today. Don't miss your chance to win the ultimate Collingwood coaches experience. Become a member before March 31. CollingwoodFC.com.au. You'll give them a call. one three hundred magpie to join. Carlos isn't that interested in Collingwood, even though he encourages you to become a member because he is a lifelong rusted-on Western Bulldog. Absolutely. Although, I shouldn't even call them that. No. That's disrespectful to it you. Is, but I'm showing respect to you by not having the crack at No, you should have they a should crack They should be the Footscray Football Club. Peter Gordon out there. I want it renamed. And Dave Stevenson. Back to where it was. Yep. Good man, Dave yep. Stevenson. Yep. He's a he's a he's a, a modern progressive Dave Stevenson, and I reckon he might see something in that as as counterintuitive as that might be, because Western Bulldogs are seen to be the yep. modern embracing of the greater region, but you're saying, no, no, yeah, it's go, not working. Go back, go and back. it helps that I live around the corner too, so I can walk <laughs> there to the, you go. the practice matches. I don't think we're going to see any footy back. <laughs> okay, this is our time to have a look at our, um, yep. the, the five or six minutes to look at our two local teams. It's come down to this. I mean, it is a phenomenal finish to the A-League season. Four teams vying for the top spot, two points separating the top four. Melbourne victory clinging to their spot in the top six by three points against Sydney. The run home of the prospective teams, I think we're just going to assume that Perth's going to hold its yep. ground somewhere around about where it is. So the interest is above and below them. The runs, the run home for those four teams above and the two teams below is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. I, I, I don't know whether you've drawn a line on who's likely to make it just before we get your update on the two teams. Yeah, look, I, I think uh, what's going to save Melbourne Victory, who are really cooked at the moment, they've just seen the shot to pieces on the weekend, even against 10 men. Uh, there's so much we can talk about, but there's no answers either. I've, I feel are you any closer? Because yeah. we did this last week. We, we, yeah. sort of, we went through all the ranges of possibilities. A week later, and another you know, ob- observance of them, are you any closer to drawing a conclusion as to what it might be? I had a look at their luck, because they've only won one in eight, right? So, But I thought to myself, they haven't been so bad in all eight. So I went through and just checked to see where they... Because they've actually been quite insipid in the last couple of weeks. Even the game against Central Coast where they won, they were flat and gone. I think 
to give him the benefit of the doubt, I think, even though Kevin Musket won't use this as an excuse, I think the Asian Cup has really got to the point now where the guys have run out of fuel completely. Mm-hmm. And that's psychological. It's not physical. It's a, You get the GPS figures on people and say, no, they're still running far, and they are working hard. But psychologically, I think they're shot, and I don't know if they've got the squad to re- regenerate that. Uh, but, look, they're lucky because Sydney is garbage, and uh, they have got – this is their run home. They've got Brisbane, Adelaide, and Perth. And judging by what they did on the weekend against Central Coast, where yeah. they chewed up, they had to win yeah, that yeah. game. They are garbage. So Melbourne victory, rest assured, you're going to make it. Mm. So prepare for the finals, mm. uh, but you've got to find the spark from somewhere. I don't know what you've got to do. Um, you know, I, I think I think Barisha on the ground's got to start picking fights and stuff because he, he, he's just too. He's playing really. He's playing as well as he can mm. in this environment. So mm. I'm not blaming him, but someone needs to give this team a spark. Talk about giving a team a spark. I don't know whether this is just uh, a hangover and a legacy of being the second team in and Melbourne mm. Hart never quite gra- captured the imagination the way Melbourne City should and the association f- with one to the other is you know in, in, inextricable. But it is a joke that we're getting seven or 8,000 people along to watch this team. There should be double that going along every week at Army Park to watch this team play its football. And everyone's got a theory behind this, uh, you know, that no one will, you know... Uh, it's just a, a, an offshoot from Manchester City, and why would we barrack for a Manchester City? You know, forget it. Yeah. Who cares I, about that? But oh, people, God. people will use that. I don't think that's a real reason, but it's people who use it. People say, well, they came in too late. You know, Victory will always have their, mm. you know, the, the, the core of football supporters in this state, and City will never. For me. I'm not interested in all that because I'm hearing you hear everyone's theory. You just don't know what the answer is. For me, is the question. And I don't know if we've got much much time to take any calls on this, but uh, squeeze one or what, two. In, yeah. What what will eventually be the reason for people to go and see Melbourne City in big numbers? Is it just purely winning? Uh, because they're here to stay. They're going to have. They're just going to get bigger and stronger. They're playing great football at the moment. They're winning. For me, them and West Sydney Wanderers are the teams that could win both the Premier League, uh, the the Premier's Plate, and the Grand Final. They're, mm. they're playing that that type of football at the moment. So they're going to be successful now. They'll be successful for years and years to come. They won't. Their their parent group with all the money will not allow them not to be successful. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. is success the only reason why they haven't? That cohort of supporters that they can be proud of, as far as numbers. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. If you've got a quick theory on this, can yeah. you hear it? Yeah, because uh, uh, people have talked about. You know, they were just not. They didn't stand for any geographic area of Melbourne. Well, not in Mel- not in Melbourne Victory. And I suppose they didn't have to Melbourne Victory. Yeah, they, but, yeah. but maybe City. If City did plonk themselves in Geelong. Uh, as a lot of people have talked about, they may have got their. Tw- if they were winning and they were really a Geelong side, they could get twenty thousand there. I mean, Geelong get thirty, thirty-five thousand mm. of their games in the, in the AFL. Why can't a Melbourne City in Geelong? And and but then you know you talk to people at Melbourne City and they say, well, why should we give uh, Melbourne Victory the rest of the state and just be in Geelong? Why mm. should we just be that? So they've got that sort of dilemma also. What do they do? Where do they stand for? Because Victory have got the whole state because they've had six years. Uh, you know, start yeah, on yeah, City. Yeah. The assumption is, isn't it, that you just keep playing well enough and people will, if you build it, they will come. Yep. And people don't know what they're missing out on. I mean, if, if you're one of those people that's just turning a blind eye to Melbourne City, you're such a, you just got the victory blinkers on and you don't care a bit for the other side at all. Uh, as a football fan in this state, 
Well, you're just you're missing out on you're actually missing out on the biggest show in town. This I year. think the bigger problem, though, Andy, is not necessarily if you've got your blinkers towards victory. Are there there are people in the marketplace who don't have their blinkers on victory, but don't have their blinkers on city? Oh, yeah, but they're, they're football fans. Yeah, right. They're NPL fans. They they'll, they'll you know follow the state leagues and stuff, and they're a little bit resentful because their teams, you know, South Melbourne's Melbourne Knights and so forth, Heidelbergs didn't get accepted in the A League, so they're just not they're just, going. Yeah, right. But if you love your football, you're missing out not seeing Bruno Fornaroli, Aaron Moy, uh, Harry Navio on his day live. When you're seeing those guys live, it's worth watching. There are a couple of cameos in that game on the weekend that were worth the price of admission on their own, and they were principally involving Moy and Bruish. A yep. couple of times they found themselves guarding one another. <laughs> one had the ball, the other one was trying to get it. Yep. The byplay between those two was as good as that little microcosmic piece of play has ever been in the A-League. It was you, magnificent. If you love your football, get to it. Get to watch it. Uh, we might delve into this series at a bit more depth next week. Good to see you. Thanks, mate. Carlos Alberto Diego, wrap it up after this.